Hello and welcome to episode 136 of Checkpoint Chat. My name is Alessandro Barbosa. I'm joined as always by Matthew Figuera. Me, that's me. <laughs> is it you? It is in fact me. I don't know what to say when you introduce me. It's like, yes, I am here. <laughs> I am here. My name Hello. is Matthew. Oh, good Correct. to see you. Yeah. Yeah, you, sir, uh, answered the right question. $10,000 goes to you. Is this, is this Jeopardy? Who, who is the most handsome Portuguese man in Parkview? That is the correct one. <laughs> Matthew Figuera. <Hey>. Wow. <laughs> Yay. I'll take um, accounting for $300. <laughs> is that how Jeopardy works? I just know you. Oh. Is Jeopardy uh, the one where you, you answer you, by no, you asking get, a question? You get given the answer and you have to ask what the question is. So they'll be like, Lake Michigan. And you'll have to be like, what is the largest lake in the, on the West Coast, for example? Wow. I don't know if that's true, but that's, that's more or less how it works. That's kind of, I mean, that's uh, interesting. I, I think it must be difficult to rack your brain around that because it's... Yeah, it's a, it's a different kind of logic, I guess. So, mm. yeah, Jeopardy. I can't say I've ever seen an episode, but I mean, that... Jeopardy's been like an American television slash pastime for actual decades. The, the host actually died, I think. Yeah, last year. I, th- I think um, that's what um why I like have it in my memory so recently. Yeah, um, something Trebek, if I'm not mistaken. I can't for the last. Yeah, I, I don't think it was last year. I think it was just earlier this year. Was it? Yeah. Was it? I Maybe. do. I do I, remember. I, I, I do remember recent. it making news though, because he yeah. apparently had been like hosting the show forever. For- so ever and i think i don't know who i don't know if this is the you know regular host but i think the person who replaced him was like the longest running jeopardy champion or oh, someone yeah someone who's like been on jeopardy a lot my brother actually um oh shit, like i've gone blank now but my brother recommended a podcast where they interviewed this guy um who like won jeopardy the most like I don't know, he's, he's he's world record holder for something along those lines of like either the longest running Jeopardy champion or most appearances or something like that, hmm. um, and just an interview with this guy and it's real interesting to you know listen to how he, I suppose, wraps his head around that game and how, yeah, he just I don't know he figured the game out and he was just very good at it. So I think he was called on to to host because. I think the audience actually know him. It's like that, yeah, that I mean, who, if he's like a a, a series staple and um, mm. you know, champion people are reckon recognize yeah. him immediately. Yeah, hmm. interesting. So Jeopardy, <laughs> Jeopardy. We I don't think <laughs> not how ever been start a, the show, but <laughs> I, I don't think there's ever been a South African variant of Jeopardy, as far as I know. No, like, but but we South bring Africa's, everything here. Yeah, I mean, do you want to talk about Love Island? I, I can't say I've, I've watched anything about it. I've, I've not watched it. I've heard and seen snippets of it, and good Lord. <laughs> mm. I've I've also seen snippets because Shani loves Love Island UK and America, and so she gave the South African one a shot, and she's like, it's so bad. It's like really, really, really bad. No, like I've seen snippets, and it is... I don't know. There've been so many comments on Twitter and just Facebook and everywhere I've looked of like, I don't know, like how did they mix? It's like a lot of people said it's almost like there was a draft version of the oh, first no. episode, and like what was supposed to be, I suppose, the final edit. But oh, it feels no. like the draft version went out. Which, 
<laughs> I, which is I just, admire, yeah. if anything, I admire the production on, well, the attempted production on that show because like they essentially have to come up with, <clears throat> sorry, they they have to hope that the contestants make content on that day. Yeah. Um, and then cut it in a way that, you know, obviously makes it look like there's more drama than there is because that's how those things work. Do, does it air every day? It's not Ex- like a weekly every thing. Every day. Oh, so goodness. imagine the production cycle on that. It must be so stressful. Like, I, I can't like, imagine what, that. What is the process <clears throat> of that? Like, do, I suppose you have to have a team of people constantly watching review yeah. footage. And then maybe, I don't know, like a writer or someone who sits of like pieces together a narrative for the day. Like, oh my God, I can't believe Jolene said that to Brad. Let's turn that into an Jolene. arc. Or Great. <laughs> oh, sorry. First name that came to mind. Dolly Parton. <laughs> Dolly Parton. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, oh my God. It makes me think of the last big reality show that I watched personally. Um, and that was, it was funny because this is something I think everyone watched back in the day was Big Brother. Oh, that was yeah. a thing of like, yeah. that was, you, if you had DSTV, it was, you could watch, you could tune in at any time, whatever. But Such a strange concept. I know, but if, if you had Mnet or whatever, you you could, you know, catch the daily wrap up. Or, and uh, that's sort of the same thing, right? They have to mm. package up like, what happened in the house today? <gasps> I can't I just believe. remember Big Brother was a big <laughs> thing because it's like, ooh, this is when everyone is showering. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I mean, even that concept is like, the, the housemates only have an hour to shower. And we all know what everyone's going to do in that hour. They're going to watch them shower because it's naked people. It's like a weird... It, it definitely feels like a it's, very pre-internet, like yeah. porn on the internet thing because <laughs> no one gives a fuck nowadays. Like who the fuck cares? That's so funny. Yeah. What a time to be alive. Like, Just a strange time. Yeah. Like, yeah. But like, I, I mean, both of us at that time were kids. So I remembered being very taboo. Like, oh, your parents let you watch Ooh, Big Brother. Like yeah. if you go back now and watch it, because I mean, some countries still run Big Brother. It's fucking boring. Like you're it's just so watching boring. people live their lives. Like who cares? And like the thing I, I don't personally like with reality shows is that there's always going to be an element of it being fake whether that's of course, yeah it's all scripted that's, in some way yeah whether that's like the tv producers <clears throat> or even just the contestants because you're like you know you're on television you're not actually being yourself mm-hmm. it's the same sort of thing of like do you remember in school if um you were in a class and then for some reason you had somebody like an external person reviewing the class it's always <laughs> like a it's like it just felt different like the there's te- a little the bit of tension like or... put a bit more oomph into everything yeah, yeah and it's like this isn't what class is normal no like. exactly You're putting on a show here <laughs> exactly i i actually have a a good friend of mine um his his girlfriend was on uh south african survivor i think the last season oh wow and um she was telling me that well because because we asked her about like the whole experience and whatever so apparently before the show even begins filming, they put every contestant in a a hotel room alone for two weeks. No TV, uh, not allowed any okay. books, not allowed. And they say it's to get you used to the isolation. Mm. But when I was hearing about how difficult it was for her, I was like, this is 100% meant to get you a bit crazy before they turn on the cameras. <laughs> like two weeks in complete oh God, isolation yeah. alone, like that sounds like, a nightmare. I would not cope with that. Just give well. me my switch. I'll be. I'll be sorted. Oh give yeah. Me a switch with 
Breath of the Wild or like a nice long game. It's cool, but like man. you're in this hotel room firstly, so it's foreign. All yeah. you're doing is getting food delivered to your door and that, no, fuck. that. Those My two goodness. weeks must have felt so long. Yeah. Mm-mm. You like come out of the hotel room like, did I win Survivor? Yeah, and they're like, <laughs> it's just starting. It's only just because. <laughs> My goodness. And I think, That's crazy. if I'm not mistaken, they were also like the food that they were giving them, there was only like rice and stuff like that to get them used to, hey, you're not going to have proper food for a very long time. Rice? Yeah. Imagine how good a cheeseburger must taste after Survivor. Holy shit. Yeah. That that I think that's that's like the OG reality show. Or a Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. But like remember my 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 earliest memories of a reality show is Survivor. Like that's a show that's been around for decades. It was so good, man. It was good. I I watched a couple of seasons of that when I was when I was younger. And it's weird to think that it was like a weekly thing. Mm. So it's like, ooh, who's going to get voted out this week? I can't believe so-and-so won immunity. I hate that person. I can't <laughs> believe it. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe the tribe backstabbed this person. I thought they all liked them. <laughs> and there's like very little that happens each episode. It's like one little challenge and then it's them just talking Chilling. for like 30 yeah. minutes and then like a vote. And that's it. It's it's genius. Like it's. I can't believe Regina said that to me. It's like, <laughs> I can't wow. believe you found the hidden immunity idol in a oh. tree or something. I don't know. It just said them out looking for coconuts. The lucky bastard. <laughs> it's a. It, it was good. I, if I'm not mistaken, I'd have to look this up, and I'm not going to now. But the original host of the American is still hosting the current seasons. Like, <laughs> damn. That dude must be ancient now. What I is th- his name? I know. I know exactly oh, I what he looks like. Yeah. Uh, I know. Yeah. Exactly. I know exactly what he looks like. I just don't know his name. But at least he hasn't gone on to like host a stupid podcast like Seth Rogen. You know who used to host <laughs> Fear Factor. So. My goodness, that's so like it's so weird that they are the same person. I think of Fear it is, Factor yeah. and yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. If, if you actually look at him now, like. You're like, oh, he is, and then you go look at old episodes of Fear Factor. He's like, like oh yeah, it hmm. is, yeah. Fear Factor yeah. was also a big one, like when it launched. Yeah. I remember people going mental over that. Um, so always I quite the eating it. challenges that that yeah. got me. It's like, yeah. cool, throw throw me from a plane. Um, That's so disgusting. Make me jet ski and jump onto a thing, whatever. Uh-uh. Don't make me eat like a spider or <laughs> or, or like be in a tank full of spiders crawling. Ah, oh, no, oh, yeah, no, no. There is I a choose, there is I a great death. there is a great show. That I watch every now and then because I don't really watch DSTV, but uh, it's hosted by The Rock. It's called Titan Games, I think. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, do you remember Gladiator? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. So kind of like that, but far more. The contestants are actual fucking athletes. Like when I showed it to my <laughs> sister, she was like, oh, that girl's like one of the top CrossFitters in the world. And she's like the oh, contestant wow. on the show. So it's like she's these like- hardcore physical challenges. Um, and it's just cool to watch because these people are like peak athletes. Um, and then the funniest is that Dwayne Johnson j- is just there. Like you can tell he's just like kind of phoning it in there. He's just like, mm. he's watching them and he's just like, just like nodding his head. He's like, that was good. That good was good. Yeah. Good yeah. performance. Whatever. And he's like, look at me. I'm wearing, I'm wearing Under Armour. It's like a huge fucking <laughs> oh advert my God. for him. Yeah. It's, it's really Shit. funny. But, That's and apparently hilarious. all the challenges are styled after workouts he does. And I'm like, Okay, sure thing. Okay, dude, are you climbing uh, 10 meters worth of trees? Cool. Th- there's one challenge where they have to like 
they have to take a hammer and break open this like stone chest to get something. I'm like, okay, I'm sure he does that at the gym. I mean, he's got the money. He could do that. <laughs> <laughs> Just rocks in the gym. There's all these sledgehammers and boxes. Honey, will you grab the doorbell? There's a delivery of my, my stone chests for the week. <laughs> Just roll them to the back. Cool. Thank Fucking, you. I, I don't even know if that dude's married. Like, you know. I, I she, think he is. I think he's got... Look, I could be wrong, but it's interesting because Hollywood generally is like a shit show with relationships mm. and, you know, marriages and drama, whatever. Uh, I always found it interesting that The Rock is like easily one of the biggest stars. Um, look, I don't know today, but I know in the last few years... I he's, think he's still he, one of the like highest paid... Yeah, highest paid stars. And what, I've really, what I really like about him is that he comes across as a very down-to-earth modest person mm. and he's i could be wrong but i think he is married with like a full-on family yeah you, so you don't like, you don't hear like any real drama no about him he, he yeah. seems to be like a, like that's a good person to look up to and, he, and he's I mean, super positive like i follow him on twitter and he's so positive on twitter he's mm. always like complimenting people but like not complimenting other like famous people like someone will just comment on a tweet of his about like a workout or something and he'll like quote retweet them and like be motivational and it's fucking cool like that's awesome <laughs> it just replies with a video of him nodding he said like mm, that's cool. <laughs> it's like it, you know if you're gonna be if you're gonna do that um on social media you know if you're gonna have a huge following you know spread that positivity yeah, positivity good. it's it's pretty great yeah it's a good time I just he's a, he's a good I dude. just find it ridiculous that they say that this is styled off his gym. I was <laughs> like, okay, sure thing. I mean, he's the rock for goodness sake, isn't it? A, is it considered like cannibalism? What's what's the word if you kill your own people? You know, the rock actually smashing rock. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Uh, this chick went chat to talk about uh, video games. Talk about <laughs> the rock and reality. The shows. rock and cannibalizing <laughs> his own people. Oh my god! Oh my god! If the rock eats a rock, is that cannibalism? Oh. <laughs> well, you've got Those your are things that keep me up at night. You've got your header image, I think. Good lord! <laughs> just like find Dwayne just Johnson with show. a rock in his hand, just like so, hmm. like a, like if you find a picture of him like eating a mango or something, just Photoshop <laughs> a rock into there or something. I wish I had the ability, but yes, this is checkpoint. <laughs> we talk about we talk about games sometimes, you know. Yeah, mo- most of the rubbish. Yeah. Um. So big news, I finished Sekiro. Holy huh. shit. My God. How, okay, let me let me just get a timestamp here. How how long did that last boss take you, more or less? <sighs> well, it was mostly it was pretty much this week. I I had three evenings where I played just that boss. Mm. Um and it was yesterday the third time where I finally got it. And I think each session where I was trying was maybe about two hours. So I'd, mm. I'd say close to about five hours just on that boss. Yeah. Um, I, I had the same, same more or less. So I played Sekiro on stream and I think I got to the last boss like late one evening. So I tried oh, for about no. an hour. Mm. And then on my next stream, it was like a good two or three hours of just straight up grinding through that But boss. You, you're totally right. When, we, when I first got to him, you're like, it is a grind to learn this mm. boss. And it is, but... It also, like, Ishin is, he, he's hard. Like, he's an mm. asshole to, to fucking beat. Super difficult, um, definitely yeah. one of the hardest bosses in the game. But he also highlights one of the part, like, one of the reasons I love Sekiro so much is just, like, when you finally figure out how how to to deal with him, the fight is actually easy. Um, yeah. 
like every fight in the game is you think, oh, I need to have three regen uh, slots ready to go and I need to have all my healing items and, oh, I can't use healing here, otherwise I'm not going to be, you know, have it for the rest of the fight. Like when yeah. I eventually beat Ishin, I think I'd healed, okay, I healed quite a bit because I made some dumb mistakes at the end. But I think I only revived once, even though yeah. I had like two other pips. Like there, there was, there's no space for that shit. Like if you're relying yeah. on that, then you, you're not going to beat them. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it, it was just interesting because at first, at first it was like getting past Genichiro, and I was like, Jesus Christ, why can I not get this He's, guy? Yeah. And then eventually at the end, like I was acing Genichiro, like. Every time I got hit just once, it's like, fuck's sake, what, is, what a dumb thing, you know? And then <laughs> I've got and, to restart the fight now. Yeah, and then that, that kind of like bled over into the first phase of, of Ishin's fight. Like I was doing that first phase without being touched, um, you know, and where two hours earlier, it was completely destroying me. Like I could not get the timing. And then it just, it like kind of like snowballs into that, like the second phase the second phase is still hard because I think he mm. just moves in weird ways. It's very hard yeah. to read him. But once you get that down, then the third phase is very similar to the second one. So just with added lightning. It's it's what is it's what I love from Sekiro from start to finish. It's like every fight is this very tangible learning process. Mm. Um and yes, you do you are required to have reflexes, but the reflexes aren't what gets you through the fights it's reading your enemy it's learning yeah, yeah and, and and also and also finding finding opportunities to attack because i think the very first time i played sekiro and you know when i bounced off of it i was still very much in that dark souls um or bloodborne kind of mentality where i was being reactive to to enemy attacks rather than proactive yeah. So I found, I don't know why it clicked in my brain when I just picked it up again, but I found that you can just as easily overwhelm bosses in the same way that as, they overwhelm they you. you. Yeah. Like you can stagger them, you can, you can really interrupt their flow. And once that clicks in your head, you're like, oh, I need mm. to be far more aggressive and then be very, very lightning fast on reacting to instances where they block me. Um, yeah. And like, Fights against the owl, for instance, and I think Lady uh, Lady Butterfly really show that off. Like, if you are not aggressive, you can't beat them. There's no. just no way. You need to find these, like, small little windows where, you know, in the middle of them doing a swipe, you can get an attack in, and that will mm. interrupt them. And then you can let off, like, three three attacks before having to defend again. It's, it's yeah. such a measured combat system, like... It's really just I think, incredible, really. Yeah, incredible. and I think I think what's cool, what what's really smart as well is where the posture system lends itself to both uh, attack and uh, attack and defense. Yes, like you say, you have to be aggressive, um, but in the same vein, you have to be defensive. You have to obviously time your blocks because that builds up more posture, which is how you overwhelm the bosses. You want to get that posture meter full. Know, so you can obviously get a, an, an opening for a killing blow or you know to get a pip off their overall um health bar mm. or health dots whatever you want to call them um yeah it's like i i want to revisit that game um because i absolutely like loved it it really it was i mean they they did exactly what i think they intended to do where it's like 
from fans are like cool like i'm a master of dark souls and i'm a master of bloodborne and i'm ready for this cool samurai game i'm gonna you know it's gonna be such a breeze i'm gonna walk yeah. through it like it's gonna be the challenge. same thing yeah yeah like i I know their systems inside out and they're like no no here's this brand new combat system it's all about like and the thing is like you can't roll insecure no you it's like and, and your dodge is very limited your, yeah your dodge like there are some attacks you can dodge through if you time it well but otherwise Oof, yeah it feels like harder. most yeah most of the attacks follow you and dodging mm. is not the way you should play the game you and also to, like there's some bullshit insecure like i mean people people bash the game for it and i it is annoying but sometimes you will 100 dodge like a grab and mm. you'll magically oh, you teleport back into that grab <laughs> and you're like like something's not right happen? with the iframes there but okay yeah, yeah. but it's it's designed like Ishan stabbed me through a rock yesterday i was like <laughs> okay dude cool. he's, he's he's a i mean if that's gonna upset you then you have to ask how this how this dude has a clock and like yeah what the fuck <laughs> like i'm i'm totally fine with the fact that in Sekiro, i fight like a big monkey who holds his head in his hand <laughs> or like um i'm fine with the fact that i fight uh, these slug things that are in robes that can play the flute. But when Genichiro pulls out a gun, you I like, draw the line. I mean, this, the dude can wield lightning. Like, I could not fine. believe that I block a sword attack and then I have to block a fucking like, burst Actual from a weapons. Glock. What the hell is going on? Like, is ridiculous. Yeah, but that, that game, it's like it, it, it forces you to face every fight. Like, you can't... Mm. It feels like there's... I mean, I'm sure people have figured out ways to cheese the game, but it feels oh, yeah. like there are no ways to cheese the game. And I don't know if you've watched any speedruns, but now that you finish the game, go watch speedruns and you'll laugh at how some bosses are skipped. Like I can, I can imagine, it, yeah. It's actually it's actually kind of funny because the so like a Bloodborne or a Dark Souls speedrun, they fun to watch because it's a thing of like, how do they kill this boss quickly? Oh, they use this buff and then they just like they abuse the cycle where they're like get an attack in step left get an attack in, and the boss is just programmed in a way that it doesn't react you know they're like find an easiest way to beat the boss secure speedruns are like they skip a lot of the bosses and they make the bosses do stupid things so like do you remember that boss you fought on a horse on horseback oh yes um, um the general something yeah they, so speedrunners have figured out that if you manage to climb a tree slash platform I've in a very specific this. way yeah, and, and stand on a roof. He'll run off, the cliff. run off a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> I actually like, saw um, okay. uh, Tamur from GameSpot uh, tweet that out. And I was yeah. like, because I, I just saw him like flinging across the roof. And I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? And then eventually the and boss then, just runs off the cliff. It's like, oh. I'm like, yeah. So, I mean, not every boss is like that. But you go go watch a speedrun now that you finish the game. Even like a good example is that monkey boss fights where you Jeez, spend a, so long trying to like, you know, track them down. But speedrunners have it have the pattern down so well they do it like in no time. It's insane. That that boss is still like it it was incredible because I I got his first phase down, I think the first time I fought him and I was like, yeah. Wow, why were people bitching about this boss? As I <laughs> as I like thought that, I saw him get up and I was like, oh. Oh, you talk, so you're talking about the I was talking about the the illusion monkeys, the Oh, those three. Fuck that boss, yeah. man. Okay, I but, hated but, that boss. But on, on that monkey, the, the big monkey boss. The fight, Guardian. How much Guardian did, you, did you panic? And you're like, oh my God, there's a second phase. And that second <laughs> phase is so confusing because the way he moves is so weird. He like he like does like a snake he, motion like with a his snake sword. Motion, yeah. Trying to block that is such a pain because you. But I think, it's so hard to figure out when it's actually coming in. 
but that is a hundred percent like top ten material because I think mm. everyone's like because like the monkey boss fights it's it's not that challenging like it it's takes time to bad, figure yeah. it out you're like cool you finally beat it you're like oh okay that that's that boss he's, he's also more like a bloodborne <laughs> boss because he's so aggressive yeah. in a very different way um, yeah apparently there's another monkey boss headless ape which I never found I like now that I'm Alan, done I'm doing you, the thing where I'm got reading a, through all the stuff mm, there's you got so a lot much. of bosses to fight so that you fought I think you fought two of them at the same time, if I'm not mistaken. Two monkeys. Mm. Oh, fuck that. No. Mm-hmm. You fight two of them. Mm-hmm. There's a boss you 100% have to go back to, and that's what I told you uh, last night when you messaged me, the uh, the Demon of Hatred. That's like easily... I, I, I don't know if it's the hardest boss. I think Ishin... I mean, look, I don't know if, if I have to compare the time it took me to beat Ishin compared to the Demon of Hatred, but I'd say it's up there as one of the mm. hardest bosses in the game. It's like... Completely optional, but again, super rewarding when you figure out how to fight and beat this boss. So, yeah, like uh, yeah, I told you, replay, I, I know an NPC told me about it. I just couldn't figure out how to get there. Like, I, I need to find a clip. I 100% stumbled onto it by accident where like I touched an idol and I turned around. I was like, no, how did I get here? And I'm like in a boss fight. It's like, oh. <laughs> I, I kind of want to, because now, now I've read up on, because there's four endings to Sekiro. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I... It blows my mind that they have an ending there that cuts out like what Half feels like game. almost a quarter of the game. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's insane. And, and it's so easy to trigger. Like I nearly triggered it because I was like yeah. thinking, I'm like, oh, maybe the hmm. game wants me to do this. You know what I mean? And I yeah. would have been so pissed off if I had done that. Like I would have. Well, it's 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 not quite on the same level of severity. But the first time I, f- I finished Bloodborne. You, you know, you have to make that decision with uh, German of like, do you mm. embrace death or, you know, you say no. And I was like, yeah, whatever. I embrace the death. Oh, and then no. the credits rolled and I was like, oh, is, is that the game? So and you then didn't my even chat fight like, Oh, no. Like you, you chose the wrong ending. It's like, mm. damn it. <laughs> I've got to replay this game now. Yeah, and you can't I was like, I'll just reload. Blood and they're like, no, you can't. No, you can't. So, yeah, no. at least, okay. yeah, Sekiro, actually, you can't either. Like, you just no. have to start a new hardcore Hardcore. I mm. I mean, th- there's a lot of questions I have, like what happened? Because eventually the sculptor just disappears. So I'm like, okay, where did he go? Mm. And then... Mm, let me know when you figure that one out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, also, I want to know how Ishin appears at the end like he does. Yeah. The fuck, man? Dude. W- where did that come from? You know, like <laughs> I thought, oh, I'm going to fight the old dude. And no, I just fought this no. gross... Yeah, a lot of Sekiro's story, it, you know, the story doesn't personally hold the the same like mystery that Bloodborne does, but maybe that's no. the theme more than anything. But yeah. it's still got its own brand of like convoluted bullshit that I kind of well, want to dig into. You can go watch some Vati vids now, and it, you'll obviously learn. Like I, I hear you to say, like Bloodborne, I think is particularly good at you know putting forward the story where it's like there are just different theories or well there's like so, some clear lines of like you know there's this this faction this faction and then these are the heads of the faction and this is how mm. the, you know the church was started xyz but the, the a, world a, dressing in bloodborne is so much more interesting yeah, the, I find. there's yeah. yeah there's like this big level of mystery where people have spent like hours upon hours trying to figure out like well what actually happened yeah where secure it feels more like no you just this you the protector of this dude you've mm. got to do this 
but there is that a whole lot of law there that you know you can dig into. It's but I, I hear you, it's not quite the same level of Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. But isn't it wild to think that Sekiro was kind of like a side project? Yeah. for them, it's <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Like, it's it's like FromSoft did the side project that one game of the year, yep. which is just Casual. like okay. But I mean, you you finished it now. Do you think it was worthy of game of the year? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Was it twenty nineteen? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't last year. Yeah, it was. It was, was twenty nineteen. Yeah. yeah, and oh yeah, I, I found that surprising because I could. There was some big. Hit, I mean, I don't remember off the top of my head who the heavy hitters were, but Sekiro is a hundred percent. Look, I think from games are more mainstream than they've ever been, but it's still mm-hmm. like a niche game. It's definitely not a Call mm-hmm. of Duty or I don't know, like Division or um, Assassin's Creed. You know what I mean? Like that mm-hmm. level of player base. Well, I mean, but the I fact think, that Activision published it alone was already yeah. like, a, oh wow. You know, yeah. So yeah, it's it's, it's a good game. I, I, I really always I always it. remember <laughs> Sekiro. Funnily enough, tied to your wedding because it came uh, out <laughs> around the same time. It is, is I, it like a month or two after. No, it was the week after. Oh, oh we yeah. Sorry, we, we've had this conversation before. Yeah. Where I, in, you know why I think it is because I Solenska got it got of me for my birthday, which is in mm. May. But yeah, it came out earlier than that. Yeah, because I remember being in Lisbon Airport on the way back from your wedding and the embargo for for the reviews like lifted and I was just in the airport waiting for my flight, reading through all these reviews and being like, fuck, I need to play this game. Like, oh my God. And you waited two years. Well, I, you know, I played it then, but, you know, it was just like Bloodborne. I, I got stuck early on. Um, I think mm. it was the very first time you faced Genichiro and, you know, it just wasn't clicking with me de- then and I, I put it down. Um, I mean, mm. I did the same with Bloodroom for like six months. I got to Bloodstarved Beast, could not get past him. Oh I was God. just like, fuck this. That is, um, yeah, that is a bust though. And then so. one day you just wake up going, I kind of want to try this again. And, mm. you know, with Bloodborne, it was a weekend where I did that and I finished it and I was so happy. And yeah. Sekiro... It was longer because I had to move in between then and I lost a bit mm. of my muscle memory. But once I got into the groove, it just like, like, like I said, clicked, yeah. I think when I started um, again and I was messaging, I was like, I'm finding this game so much easier now. Like mm. parts that I was struggling with, I was just breezing past. So Yeah, but you're fine when you play it again now, if you do a, the second playthrough, I mean, you you beat Ishin. And I, I always tell you that the first phase of Ishin is Genichiro. Now you'll you'll probably beat him because you you yeah. fight him right at the beginning of the game. You'll probably will beat him. You'll be like, huh. But then obviously for story purposes, you still lose. And that, and and that's like that's like um, oh, so if you beat him right at the beginning in that field, you oh, still I thought lose. I thought the game I thought the game like would roll credits there. No, <laughs> that would have been I fucking wish. awesome. No, but apparently I think I think I looked it up where you like beat him, but then someone. Someone else like shoots an arrow or something that like downs you. The fucking owl again. I swear yeah. to God, I'm Sorry almost purposes. certain that when you beat Lady Butterfly, the person who stabs you is owl. Um, uh, probably. I can't there, there's an ending where you face him a second time. Yeah. It's crazy. There's a lot to this That's game crazy. that I still there's, want to there's play. There's plenty. Yeah. Uh, again, side project. Which one game of the year? There was Ooh, also yeah. a prosthetic tool that I never found. Um, oh, which one's that? I don't know. Uh, just on my mm. upgrade tree, there was always a locked one. So I wonder, hmm. and there, I got so many, like, but again, I hardly use some of them. Like in general, I hardly used it. Um, yeah. I found it as interesting that 
I mean, what did you end up using, even though it was little? I used the axe a lot to break shields. That's about it. I like never use the axe. And it's interesting because mm. uh, John Mark and Mark were also a big fan of From Games. He he loved the umbrella. Like he upgraded the shits out of Wait, the umbrella. Wait, what's the umbrella? That's probably oh. the one I missed. You don't have the umbrella? No. I that, think I missed that's that. basically something you can equip that blocks like incoming attacks and stuff. Okay. That I, would, would be I don't useful. know where you get it. <laughs> <laughs> but like that itself has a lot of different I levels never got of that, yeah. hilarious and then like i used the fireworks and the shurikens the most because i just thought it was yeah. the flashiest I, coolest ninja shit you could give me <laughs> i use the fire a lot on on oh, some, also quite some cool, bosses yeah. where you can stun them with fire the the mm. shuriken i loved it i just never found again like i i focused on mainly the sword stuff and i know there was like combat arts where you could combine your prosthetics with your main attacks and mm. i always wanted to like learn that but at the same time my brain was just like no you understand nah. just the raw sword just stick yeah. with that so um the poison dagger thing was pretty good though it's that thing time, can yeah. really fucking slice through people so yeah great game um Sekiro would Sekiro. recommend yeah would recommend mm. even two years later especially now on new consoles on ps5 this mm. thing just runs at a six lock 60 and this is how the game is meant to be played, in my opinion. It's yeah. so much better. Um, yeah. So, yeah, good game. Um, yeah. As for new games I've been playing, before I let you talk. Um, how dare you. I've been playing a game that is in early access, but it is scheduled to come out later this year. We've spoken <laughs> about it briefly every now and then. Uh, Fights in Tight Spaces. I now, love the name. <laughs> it's, listen, the name of the game, the oh, premise, it's fantastic. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's, it's, the, it's almost like the John Wick game, but not... Is, that, is it that yes. one? Yes. Okay, so, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. So it sort of looks like um, super hot because everything's yes, like black okay. and white and enemies are in red or, you know, depending on what enemies, they're sometimes in purple and orange. Um, but it's very, you know, like... Uh, not monochromatic, but very um, like vague and you know sharp colors and harsh colors, stuff like that. I'm, mm. I, I don't have the word in my brain. Whatever. Um, <laughs> but so essentially, what it is is a strategic. It's like a turn-based strategy game, but with mm-hmm. cards. Now I know yeah. immediately when people hear cards and deck building, they're like, "I'm out." Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Um, but this is not on the same vein as like a Hearthstone or something like that. Like the cards are basically actions that you can take. Um, and you do very light deck building at the moment. Um, so like every time you finish a battle, you'll be presented with three cards as a reward and you choose what to add to your deck. Um, which can be like identical attacks that you already have so that you have more of a chance to get them served up in a turn. You know, stuff like that. It's not really mm-hmm. like you're not starting each run because it is a roguelike. Um, yeah. You're not starting each run with like building your deck and swapping cards in and out and whatever. You're more just like adding attacks to your arsenal mm-hmm. um, and building it up so that there is a general theme to your deck. And how they help you with that is at the start of each run, you have a choice of four play styles, which kind of give your deck a theme, like your initial deck. So like you can have balanced or you can have very attack focused or you can have a deck that is primarily focused on counter attacks, um, stuff like that. And I feel like each one definitely makes the game feel different in a way. 
Mm. So, but how the game works essentially is each level is a small space. Like I'm talking about maybe a four by four grid yeah, of spaces small. to work or sometimes even smaller. Um, and <laughs> the game, one. Like, yeah. <laughs> the game plays out very similarly to Into the Breach if you've played mm. it. So you have a turn where uh, you have your turn and you have a specific number of um, action points and mm -hmm. cards cost different amount of action points. Um, and that lets you do like, you know, attacks on one tile ahead of you or two tiles ahead of you. Or yeah. um, you have cards that give you block so that you can withstand incoming attacks. And uh, if you withstand an incoming attack, you can counter on a turn, stuff like that. Okay. And then enemies around you all have... Um, they take their turns after you, but they go in a specific order that you can see. So you can do things just like Into the Breach where if an enemy... So if you go into range of attack within an enemy, they are primed for attack. That means okay. on their turn, they will attack, uh, like yeah. irrespective of if you move out of that range during that turn. Once you've initiated them, they're in that attack state. So what you can do is then use some abilities to move other enemies into their path of attack so that enemies end up hitting each other, which is just mm. like Into the Breach. So if I have a guy, for instance, far away from me who's aiming a gun at me, and then I trade places with an enemy or use a kick that moves them a tile to the left to put them in the line of fire, um, that okay. guy will shoot them. But then you also yes, have to yeah. take into account the order of events because sometimes the guy that you push in front of you is actually going to attack first and his attack is going to move him to a different tile. So then you'll still get shot. You know, it's, it's extremely mm. strategic. Like you have to think about where you going, you're going to end your turn, like what position and also just make your limited um, number of action points per turn work in the most effective way. Uh, yeah. Because if you're just going for raw damage, sometimes you're not going to win. You need to find ways to damage enemies in alternative ways. Mm -hmm. um, it's really good. Uh, I think That's it's cool. the game's in early access, but it feels like a a final product already because there's mm. there's so much content. It's like I think like five five or six levels, um, and you know each run starts you at the beginning. Uh, mm. You can't once you unlock a. A stage you can jump forward to start that stage first, but then it's harder because you have none of the upgrades that you would have, you know, gotten uh, true, previously. Yeah. You haven't so, like really built your deck or exactly, yeah. yeah. So they they warn you, they're like, You're making things harder for yourself. Um so You're like, Yes. The the runs <laughs> I've just beat a Sheen and Sekiro. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> the runs are hard. This game is hard. Like I think it's definitely a I mean, I also found into the breach very hard. Um but it's a case of every run you learn something a bit more. Yeah. Um, there is no, as far as I can tell, there's no persistent items between runs. So okay. it's not a case of, you know, you will just get stronger between runs. But I think you you do learn you how learn, to play it yeah. in a very different way. Like I, at first, was struggling to get past the first world. And now it's not really much of an issue anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's super good. Uh, it's like 110 rand on Steam. Okay. Um, and like I said, it feels like they're adding, I think on their roadmap, they have two extra like stages, like worlds that they are adding. And they're adding mm -hmm. a daily run mode and they're adding more um, 
themed decks. So there's like okay. the core of the game is there. Um, they're not changing the mechanics as far as I can tell. Yeah. So you can get a lot out of this game right now still. Um, and it's just really stylish. I think it's really cool. Mm. Uh, it's cool to watch your your replays back in real time of all the, the moves you made. It You know, it suffers from the thing that John Wick Hex did a bit where it it doesn't flow from one animation to the next as smoothly as you'd like. So it doesn't look like mm. a, a choreographed An fight actual, in the yeah. way that you want. But it's still cool because you're like, oh, yeah, yeah I, I, w- I was very smart to like move in this direction or move in that direction. So, um, bam, it's great. I, you know, from the first time I saw this concept on uh, shared on Twitter, I was like, that's a that's a genius idea. And the way they've incorporated it into like the actual mechanics of the game is just really, really smart. Um, like I'm not huge into collectible card games, but this is one way I feel like it works um, yeah, really well. Because okay. it's not, I don't feel like I'm playing a card game. I feel like I'm playing mm. a strategy game where my moves every turn are randomly determined. That's yeah. it, you know, and I've got to make use of what is dealt to me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's great. It's a good time. Nice. That sounds cool. Would recommend. I, it's funny how, when you told me before we started recording, you're like, I'm playing a game called Farts in Tight Spaces. Like that sounds, what, what a what a weirdly specific it was specifically named game. And then when you said it, I was like, oh, I know exactly what you're talking it's about. It's such we- a perfect name for the game. It's <laughs> really, really perfect. Very literal. Yeah, extremely <laughs> literal. It's like the amount of times I've, I've played where I'm just like, wow, I'm surrounded by four people and I can hardly move. This really is a fight in a tight Fights space. Fights in spaces, mm. my God. <laughs> well, I, am, I am planning to play Loop Hero soon because everyone's talking about I've, that. I've heard of Loop Hero and... I'll, I'll, it's because yeah I, like you said everyone's talking about it and I, I looked up a trailer yesterday it looks to me like a is it a turn-based roguelike sort or, of sort so of it's like it, it's a roguelike um it's also cards but you aren't oh, okay. influencing the game directly you're influencing it passively so okay. your your cards are changing things on the map and uh okay and the game loops automatically so your hero goes through the same like route over uh, and over okay. again but based on tiles and cards that you play you change certain things within that world so you've got to okay well i'm, I'm yeah. glad you told me because when i watched the trailer i was like hmm like i know evan's talking about this but i don't know well I've, I I've bought it so this. you can try it on steam Oh my god! This is <laughs> this is the I can play farts in tight spaces. I can play loop hero. <laughs> my goodness, <laughs> I bring nothing to to this friendship. You can play kind of. Well, you gave me Sekiro, so it's okay. <laughs> That's true. I, I gave you a physical <laughs> card. <laughs> um, so yeah, you've had you've had a pretty pretty busy week with mm. with your stuff. Mm. Um, I'll just touch on what I've been playing briefly. So like super short. I. 100% Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury. Did you 100% um, 3D Land? Uh, 3D World, sorry. 3D World. And let me tell you, when I got this game, I thought it's like 10 hours for 3D World, maybe like from what reviews say, two or three hours for Bowser's Fury. Mm-hmm. It's like a 13-hour experience. Cool. I've, I've played both for nearly 30 hours. Yeah, like, you've been playing it for I've, long. And I always joke, joke with you about this, but I like... Seem to snort Mario games like that gift you shared with them. me they, was very distressing. <laughs> but I just really enjoy them, and like I mean, I'm not going to go on too long about it. Like I said last week or the week before, Bowser's Fury is just—it's got me all kinds of excited for what the next Mario game will be. Like I mm-hmm. don't know if they will lean into 
this sort of formula because it feels very experimental. But like, hell yes, give me a open world-ish Mario game. And yeah, 3D Mario World, just interesting enough, the game's eight years old. And is it I don't, eight years old? I don't think they changed much on it. Like, I, I can't tell you they added this content. I don't know if there were any new levels. Um, and good lord, it holds up. Like, it, it's mm-hmm. so good. Like, I really, really enjoyed. How were some of those um, end stages? Because I, I know My people God, say the, after the credits, there's some hardcore stages. So, there. yeah, the credits roll, and then it feels so. There are some remixes of existing stages. So, I think I mentioned last week, or I told you at some point, there's a level that's you play normally and it's cool but when you play the remix version it's entirely dark and you get given like a fire power up to sort of light your way through oh, the yes, and it makes it like that, yeah. a lot harder i can imagine um, but, yeah. but the the hardest level in 3d world is champions road which just out of nowhere it's like all the levels are challenging you know but you play play them enough times you get it but champions road was the the one level in the entire game that to me felt a bit like a Celeste level where it's like you you have to grind your way through this level. And unlike Celeste where like Celeste is usually one room, you know, Mm -hmm. bar bar like the final few levels where it's, you know, it stretches across and it takes more than a minute to finish. This this Champions Road, I've saved out the clip, was like four and a half minutes of of just straight up platforming challenges and that it's it's wild. a real challenge but it's it's the one mario level where i'm like i get why mario games aren't difficult because that's not what nintendo do like mm-hmm. okay not 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 difficult but they're not on the same level of difficulty as celeste like mm-hmm. just to run with that example um but i really w- i mean and this is sorry this is outside mario maker because those are obviously hugely created levels designed to make you pull your hair out but when nintendo do hard levels my God, it's so good. Like Champions Road, I'll I'll send you the clip of you if you want to check it out. It's like, it's just them doing Mario goodness, but like with a very difficult, um, yeah, with the difficulty ramped up. And I really enjoyed grinding my way through it. It took me like two to three hours to finish just Jeez. one level. And it's a grind, but shit, when I did it, I was like, oh yes, <laughs> this is a good time. Is that is that the one that you were sharing um, clips of? I sh- I shared you. That's the one clip. Oh yeah, you saw the one clip on Twitter where I don't know why, but you made a great recovery and then yeah, I like I jumped and I was gonna land. I was gonna land this jump perfectly, but I ended up rolling and then having to like (laughs) roll four more times to save myself. But you did. You recovered and then and and I just died in the most useless way. Yeah, it's like you had used Um, all your brain power on that one moment. uh, Yeah, but it's it's so good and yeah, I think as a package, it's it's a must for Nintendo fans. Like, mm. like I said, you, you, you probably will get 15 to 20 hours if you're just playing through the main campaigns. But if you're 100% both, that's like a good 30 hours of content. And Jeez. yeah, but Bowser's Fury, like I'm in love with this game. It's, it's really got me excited for. So it didn't, it didn't become stale after a while. No, I mean, so when you roll credits on that game, the, you just get told like, oh, hey, there's more catch lines to go get and it's this weird thing with mario games where it's it's just fun to collect them i mean like the last mario game you probably played properly is odyssey mm-hmm. i mean that, that game takes it to a new level where it's like there are 800 moon shines or whatever they are and you're not gonna that's like a proper grind to get all of them but it it ticked that box of you can play for five minutes and get a 
shot and you're like, oh, like I did something. I want to go that, get more. It's that little hit of dopamine like yeah. very, very frequently. And I rolled credits on both games. I was like, no, well, of course I'm going to keep on playing. I want to, you know, finish every challenge, whatever. Once you finish so it, do you would, start would to recommend. contend with Bowser? Yes. Yeah, so what happens is you, you kind of need him though because like you yeah i was gonna the, say there's some of those boxes you, that only he you need can some destroy. of those boxes yeah. yeah when you get all of the shines though you fight him like one final time uh-huh. and it's like a a harder version of him and super saiyan 2 bowser it's super saiyan 2 and you can you know when you've rolled credits again because you get like credits again you can go back into the world but i i haven't done that so i don't know if he actually just appears all the super time saiyan again. god bowser got yeah. you got you that's that's when mario gets the blue hair yeah he goes this is some deep deep (laughs) dragon ball z cuts yeah Yeah. sonic cut what are you talking about (laughs) sonic's the guy with the blue (laughs) um and then yeah i said i was going to talk about that long then we're really running long on time but i it's seeing that you spoke about sekiro let me tell you about neo for a a hot five minutes which which is basically you, you finished the first one Correct. I finished the first one. So um, when did it come out? Is like mm, Ooh, a month or two I, ago. The, oh, I thought a you mentioned originally. I'm like, that was ages ago. Oh, no, no, no. So Nyo's what, like a four or five-year-old game? Yeah, around about this. Before Nyo, Sekiro, I mean. Yeah, and Nyo 2 came out last year, the year before. Last like not even year, that old. Last year, yeah. But they've, they've basically repackaged both into one collection for PS5. So I, I I never played either on the PS4. I can't tell you like, wow, on PS5 it runs beautifully compared to PS4. It does at 60 frames per second. And the low times always shock me on the PS5. <laughs> it's like, literally like I'm going to go into this mission. I pick up my phone. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I can't pick up my phone anymore. I'm there already. Um, Neo is basically a, it's interesting because it's a also very much like Sekiro in the sense that it's a samurai game where, you know, you're wielding a sword going through feudal Japan. Um, but it doesn't at all play like Sekiro, which, you know, it's mm. not not meant to. Um, but the premise is, this, look, I'm going to come out and say the story meant nothing to me. I can't <laughs> say that I really knew what was going on. I was just going from A to B beating bosses. It was a good time. Um, but you essentially plays a, a Westerner named William running through Japan, trying to stop a war from happening. And Japan is, you know, it's, you know, you hear these, these urban legends of, you know, there's, oh, there's a lot of these Japanese legends of, you know, these demons and this and that. And this game sort of says like, no, that stuff's real. You know, you okay. get yokai and these demons that you, you fight normal people and demons between each mission. And yeah, I, I really did enjoy it. Like it's, it was weird because when I first started the game, I was like, and it's not at all fair um, to do this, but I was comparing it to the likes of Bloodborne and Sekiro because it it takes inspira- I mean, it came out before Sekiro, so it definitely took inspiration from the likes of Bloodborne and Dark Souls, and that's it's that thing of you know you you grind through enemies, you get experience, you go to you know a campfire, whatever. In this game, it's a shrine. You level up, and if you die, you you know you you respawn. You have to go to your body to claim what you dropped, whatever. It also takes inspiration in that it is highly difficult. Um, but like, it's I've I've given it some thoughts, and I I don't quite know how to explain it other than Neo feels more arcadey 
in mm-hmm. a sense. Mm-hmm. So if you play Bloodborne or Dark Souls, you know that if you, if you fight a boss, it's almost like a weight to your attacks. Yes. Um, from from both sides. So you hit a boss, the boss hits you. There's almost like a weight to it where Neo feels like it's like it's floaty in a sense. Like I don't know if that makes sense. More like, like character actiony. Yeah, it, it, and it, it makes sense because this studio they've they've made games like that before. Ninja um, Garden. Ninja Garden, yeah, which is very much like this fast-paced, you know, character action sort of game. And it it's a weird thing to adjust to because in in Bloodborne, for example, like you can go fight a hard boss and you can take a hit and you can heal and you can take a hit and you can heal. You can take a couple of hits, you can heal. Whereas Neo, I mean, maybe the way I was playing, uh, so the way I was playing is I was equipping light armor because, you know, then I get more stamina. Whereas if you equip heavier armor, you can do less attacks. So there is like role-playing elements to it. There's, there's uh, yeah, 100%. Like when you level up, you are choosing to level up, you know, your health or your attack or, okay. you know, very similar to Dark Souls in the sense that like there's maybe like eight-ish different things to level up and they all do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the way I was playing it, I like to be aggressive so i had light armor meaning i could do more attacks but it also meant that i could get hit once or twice and i died like not just from a boss from any random (laughs) npc whatever from the little the little guard that protects the boss (laughs) (laughs) exactly and and it is it is a weird thing to adjust to because it feels like the game's unforgiving sometimes like unfairly Mm -hmm. so but it's maybe just the way i played but the more i played it the more I mean, look, I finished it. It was a 40-hour game for me. And that's quite long given that I reached a point where I just mainlined the game. There are tons of side quests and I just said, no, I don't don't really want to do them. I'm just going to mainline the game 40 hours later. So definitely lengthy. But the more I I played it, the more I got into it and the more I sort of appreciated their spin on the, you know, the Souls-like genre or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and what's cool is that they introduce a well, their spin on this this sort of genre is that you you obviously get a whole host of different weapons. You you know wield a sword, wield a an axe, you know a whole bunch of different things. But the game gives you stances to play with. So if you so you've got three stances: low, mid, and high. And they're pretty self-explanatory in that a low stance is you know you holding your your weapon low. You, 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 you'll be quicker with it. You can do more attacks, but they do less damage. Whereas a high stance is like your attacks take longer, but they do more damage. So it is interesting experimenting with the different weapons, trying to figure out, you know, what stance do I do? What sort of play style do I like? Um, and yeah, weirdly enough, I started the game with dual swords. And by the end, I, I had a spear, which is something I never play with. <laughs> Just because it had the range, I could like, and, and the gameplay like changes drastically between weapons, right? Yeah, like yes and no. It feels like my my biggest criticism I feel is that some games. So so I'm just gonna run with Bloodborne because that's one that's on top of my mind. Where even even like uh, Dark Souls, you you'll find a lot of different weapons in your playthrough. You'll mm-hmm. go, oh, like I've got the sword, but I've just picked up this axe, and I'm gonna play with this axe, and then like. Five hours later, you go, oh, shit, I've picked up this whip or whatever, and I want to change this whip. Whereas Neo, all that changes is that you more or less have access to every kind of weapon at the beginning of the game. And all that changes as you play is that you find higher level equipment. So it's it's got one thing it does very differently to anything else that I've played in, you know, the um, 
Souls-like genre is that it's very grindy and that you get gear. So is, isn't a thing of you equip a specific armor set, whatever, you, you'll fight your way through a level and by the end of it, you've got tons of armor and weapons and stuff that, you know, think of like Diablo, mm-hmm. of you, you'll grind your way through and you pick up five versions of the same weapon and you have to go, oh, well, which one, you know, do I want to equip this? It's got slightly better attack, but this changes what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. that changes through the game. So you've got access to like every weapon at the beginning, but as you play, you unlock higher level versions of X weapon, whatever, and you just have to keep swapping out as you level up, whatever. So like it's different, but I, I did enjoy it at the end of the day. Like I'm going to play Neo 2. I just needed like a, I need a bit of a, you know, some palette cleansing before I dive back into a, another another 40, 40 50 hour. hour tough game yeah. yeah yeah well i'm interested to see so like the the criticisms i have of the game i wonder if they did address them like mm-hmm. i suppose just to recap quickly the game the, like there's a reason i avoided the side missions because they take the main missions you've done and they just either start you somewhere differently or they change uh, the enemy so place very recycled okay it's super recycled to mm. the point where like one of the first levels i played i play i could play the same level i played three different side missions that use the same level and i'm like hmm mm, yeah <laughs> it's, and it almost feels like it was unnecessary because like i like i said i mainlined the game and there are levels and it says to you oh you know this level requires you know it's recommended that you level 130 mm-hmm. that's like the final mission i was level like 105 and i still managed to beat the main mission because it feels like towards the end game specifically like any upgrades you get are so minuscule like if okay. you're into number crunching and stuff cool like you know go. Do they're not the they're not really but, like you're not seeing a big impact on the way you no. play the game Okay. Which which makes sense, right? Like even in in a Souls game, when you start off, if you if you have five hundred health and you put one point into Vitality and you get an extra fifty health, you're like, wow, that's a ten percent increase. Mm-hmm. But if you like end end game and you've got a thousand health and you put that point in, you get like fifty health. Like, oh, it's like yeah, it, it really increase. tapers not, off. It yeah. tapers off. Yeah, it just feels like Neo tapers off a lot in the end game, where it's like there's so many different stats. They do such minuscule. Like, look, they all add up, obviously, but it feels like, to me, an unnecessary grind that I just chose to skip. So, okay, yeah, yeah I, but look, I've heard really nothing but game. good things about the the sequel. So, everyone who's played the sequel has said that it's phenomenal. So, mm. okay, I mean, yeah, I, look, I started playing the sequel just briefly, but then. I stopped because I was like, no, I'm playing Sekiro. I'm going to fuck yeah. with both of these games Look, if I try to do this, yeah. Hats off to them because I think the game itself, I can see why it's it's so like highly acclaimed. I think Neo is loved by many people. Um, and I can see why. I have, I have my own issues with the game, but that doesn't change the fact that it's a really well-made and good game. Like, yeah, I, I would recommend it if you're looking for a challenging, you know, sort of, I suppose RPG, I guess, if you can call it that. I mean, it is an RPG, just super challenging. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's that. That's what I've been playing. Nice, nice full nice. stack of games uh, oh. this, uh, this week. Um, should we move on to game, game releases? releases. Yes. Uh, Give me just... one second to pull that up. Yeah. Let Why me did I close this thing? There you go. I got it. 
Okay, so we are looking at games releasing from today, March 13th, until Oops. March 19th. Good Lord. Can you believe? Uh, so let me just highlight what's going on here. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, nothing too hectic. It's, I feel like this month is very um, loaded near the end of the month with like bigger games. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've got hmm, Mandon. Man Man I don't know. Mandon. Let me check. Where are we? We're in April. No, we're in March. March. We're nearly April. We're nearly April. <laughs> Where's this year going? My goodness. Mandon is a lovingly hand-penciled horror tale set in a dark, secluded valley of the Alps. Explore various Ooh. areas full of secrets to... Discover, survive hostile encounters, drive vehicles, fill your inventory, and solve a variety of handcrafted puzzles. Oh, it's oh, actually sure. a city or a mountain ridge in Switzerland. Oh. I like there the look of this game. It's very striking. This pencil art style is very, um, it's very spooky. It really works. Is this Mandorn? Yeah, Mandorn. Mandorn. If I'm saying that right, yo. Looks cool. Uh, so that's out on PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series, and Switch on March 16th. Then we've got Star Dynasties on Steam Early Access. Okay. Mm on March 16th. Stuff. Mm -hmm. Then we've got this game that apparently was announced way back in like, I think, 2013, and then like mm -hmm. disappeared for a really long time. Um Stubs nice. the zombie in Rebel without a pulse. <laughs> Who asked for this? I don't know. I don't know. Is it a good game? <laughs> I don't know. I, I've, I've seen snippets of it and I'm just like, mm, okay. Okay, uh, cool, okay. Cool, cool, cool. That's PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, March 16th. Got Signs of the Sojourner coming to PS4, Switch, and Xbox One on various dates across various the week. Day. Yeah. It's like they need one day each. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, platform. Cartel Tycoon. Steam Early Access on PC. I assume this is like Rollercoaster Tycoon, but drugs. With drugs. Yeah. And, you know, you Exciting put cocaine times. in those in those rollercoaster carts now. I think you mean, in, is the cart also cocaine? Cocaine, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're just building a theme park in Pablo Escobar's estate. <laughs> and before you go on a ride, you get some uh, cocaine. You know? <laughs> yes. There's also a separate part of the park where you can just stand in an empty pool. <laughs> <laughs> just stay go what am i doing with my yeah <laughs> <laughs> nice. um so that's out on steam early access march 18th then you've got neurodeck march 18th on pc and switch which i have to assume has to do something with cards mm -hmm. you don't put deck in wow. your name for nothing mm -hmm. uh, and, then, and then the last game plants vs zombies battle for neighborville complete edition coming to switch that's i think not mistaken like the third shooter like spin-off of oh the gosh. series oh. Have you played any of these shooters no. in the series? I've heard they're okay. Like I've heard they are mm. much better than they deserve to be, but again, not something that's going to like light your world on fire, if that Interesting. makes sense. I, I mean, I love pl the OG Plants vs. Zombies back in the day, number one and two, mm -hmm. um, but I can't say I've ever you know, played anything else in the franchise. I love the originals, yeah. I, yeah, I really like the time. originals. Um yeah, cool. that is what's coming this week. It's games out this week. Shall we get to Game that gaming news. news? Yes. Do you want to kick what? things off? 
Uh, shall we just start with the, I suppose, the biggest announcement this week, which is uh, Microsoft's acquisition of Bethesda. Finally confirmed. Officially official. Now, maybe you can clarify it. I always thought, we knew this was happening, right? So like, mm. it wasn't a big surprise, but mm. just the fact that it was finalized this week is like the big deal. Mm-hmm. Like it's actually happening or it's happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because in my head, I'm like, don't, isn't, isn't it happening? Like, do we no, not know so, this? So, so basically... In September of last year, Microsoft announced that they were doing this. Microsoft mm-hmm. and Bethesda, like the deal was made that this was going to go through. But the way these big conglomerate like um, purchases happen is they have to go through various stages of confirmations from competition mm-hmm. committees. Uh, okay. You know, uh, and it has to be in various regions. So. Microsoft and Bethesda got approval from America's SEC pretty early. Um, But then they had to wait for a judge to rule on um, the competition committee in the EU. And obviously, if they want to sell games in the EU, they need to get that that approval. And that that ruling only came in last week. So that's why it took this long. And between, between the announcement in September and them confirming... Um, Microsoft and Bethesda weren't working together because legally they weren't allowed to. They weren't allowed to. So okay. they weren't allowed to make any contracts for future games. They weren't allowed to make any plans. Like they, okay. they had a they had a roundtable on Thursday this week where Phil Spencer said, "Yeah, we literally haven't spoken about, you know, a lot of the things that people were wondering in September. Microsoft couldn't answer because they hadn't had those discussions had the, yet." Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah, why, I suppose, that, that's why things like yeah. Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo are still only for PS5 because none of those discussions have been made yet. So. Oh, is, is Ghostwire Tokyo also a PS5 exclusive? Yeah, uh, well, timed exclusive, yes. Uh, timed ex- and it, is Deathloop a timed exclusive? Yes, as far as I can tell. Because okay, so, it's coming to PC okay. as well, both of them. Okay, well, yeah, so, I mean, that's that's a, it's quite quite something, I think, because Bethesda is, uh, yeah. I mean... Seven point five billion deal. A b- I, billion dollar you know, if deal. you had to ask me, I think Microsoft got it for a steal. Uh, when you consider that that includes all the studios, so that's eight studios, mm. uh, including like Machine Games, id Software, um, Arcane, Bethesda Game Studios, uh, Tango Gameworks, all of that. But mm. it also includes all the IP. So Microsoft yeah. owns things like Elder Scrolls, Fallout. Doom, Fallout, Wolf yeah, and all stuff. these big Microsoft big owns Doom. Properties. Like that is fucking crazy. Listen, we I'm waiting for the the Master Chief and Doom crossover game, whatever <laughs> yeah, it's called. It's gonna happen. <laughs> Just them two, two doing two, like the, two the handshake from armor, Predator. Like, you know that like <laughs> you son of a bitch, and it's just like. <laughs> Uh, I, I need Dylan, that gift in my life. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm sure that exists. That has to exist. It has to exist. Um, but yeah. what's what's interesting about this deal? So obviously, moving forward, like Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo side, um, mm. yeah, everything future Bethesda is. I mean, look, Microsoft owned both, obviously, but I, I have to believe that all future Bethesda stuff will be PC and Xbox exclusive to some degree. Yeah, um, I don't um, know. Maybe maybe they make the decision of like. Well, we publish it on PS5 anyway because we still make money. Yes. So, well, I don't know, but so it's, so it's here's an here's discussion. the thing that that's always been the question, like from the day this was announced. Yeah. Everyone's been saying, you know, well, what what happens? What what yeah. does this mean for exclusives? And because Microsoft hadn't been able to make those conversations, well, 
have those conversations, they couldn't answer them. And there was always vagueness around that. It. it was like, yeah. it'll be a case-by-case basis, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like in the roundtable this week, Phil Spencer gave the most direct and to me the most, like there are still people that find his statement like vague and I'm just like, no, you are now living in no, a dream world. Um, there's, yeah, so what did he say? So, what, what so, you... so this was his exact quote. We look, mm. yes, the one I've got here. Although maybe, because the one I've got here, I think was from the Xbox uh, article, like the press release, where he basically said, with the addition of the Bethesda creative teams, gamers should know that Xbox consoles, PC and Game Pass will be the best place to experience new Bethesda games, including some new titles in the future that will be exclusive to Xbox and PC players. Yeah, so that was was definitely in Xbox Wire, yeah. Yeah. So it's very much like, like you said, if you think otherwise, you are living in a dream world because Phil Spencer himself has said, sorry, that in the future, uh, including some new titles in the future that will be exclusive to Xbox and PC. I'm just so, trying to find his exact quote on uh, the the roundtable because it was, he he left himself room in a very interesting way. So, okay, I think, I think, yeah, I think I found it. So, He said, if you're an Xbox customer, the thing I want you to know is that this is about delivering great exclusive games for you that ship on platforms where Xbox Game Pass exists. That's our goal. That's why we're doing Uh, this. That's the root of this partnership that we're building and the creative capability we will be able to bring to the market for Xbox customers. It's going to be the best it's ever been for Xbox after we're done here. So he's saying wherever Game Pass exists. And that's interesting because... I have to assume that they are trying their best to get Xbox Game Pass on things like Switch and PlayStation. Mm. And I don't think that will ever happen. Like, I don't see the value in... I don't see why Sony would invite that ever onto their that, platform. Yeah. But it does... You know, he says that to keep that window open. Mm. But at the same time, you know, he said that every Bethesda game is not exclusive due to contractual obligations. Mm. Um but he's basically saying future Xbox, you know. So what what that really means is stuff like Deathloop and um, Ghostwire Tokyo. Tokyo. Those are contracts that Bethesda signed well before this. So they can't yeah. cancel those. And I think in the same way, he's not going to suddenly be like the Elder Scrolls Online or Fallout 76 is only going to be on Xbox because then yeah. you're abandoning a community that's already built Exactly, up. yeah. But for new games, there is no reason for them to put them on consoles where Game Pass doesn't exist, just like he says. And I think, mm-hmm. again, people are like, oh, no, but Elder Scrolls is an exception. Why? Why is it an exception? Like, don't know. Like, why would that be an exception when stuff like Halo and Gears of War are not exceptions? Mm. Like... It doesn't make sense. It, I don't you, know. You are living in a dream world if you think that Microsoft paid $7.5 billion to just put the games on its competing hardware without mm. any benefit. Yeah, for sure. You know, if Game but Pass think, comes to PlayStation, fuck yeah, they'll put it there. No yeah. problem. Um, My goodness. But why would they but just yeah, publish the game and then not push... You know, if they publish Elder Scrolls Six on PlayStation, it doesn't push people towards Game Pass. It no. doesn't matter if it's day and date free on Game Pass. That still doesn't yeah. push them there because they still have the option to get it somewhere else. So, mm. yeah. Well, on on the, the topic of Game Pass, I mean, 
So this announcement happened, what, like, let's Thursday say, Wednesday, well. it was a Wednesday, Thursday, and then, you know, the, a big drop of, which was to be expected, you know, mm. the, Bethesda is now an Xbox-owned um, company. So you have 20 games. Um, I think some of these were available on Game Pass already. Like, I, th- I know Doom Eternal was available. I think mm. Rage 2 was available. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now these have been supplemented. Even Dishonored 2, I think, was available. But now these have been supplemented with a full collection of a shit ton of Bethesda titles, yeah. including, like, you know, Fallout 4, Fallout 76, Fallout New Vegas. You've got Wolfenstein. Uh, you've got Prey. You've got Rage 2. You've got Doom 1993 through to Doom 64 That's and wild. Doom Eternal. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, I don't know, is the OG Doom on here? Yeah, so there are some omissions. So OG Doom's not there, Doom 2016's huh. not there. Um, Evil Within 2, funnily enough, not there. Uh, oh, it's just Evil Within 1. Yeah, oh, okay. Wolfenstein 2 is also not there. Don't know why. Um, but I mean, I have to believe at some stage they yeah. will be. Yeah, um, I'm, but still, I'm, I'm sure. I'm not sure it, why that they were excluded from this drop, but I assume they're coming. Like at some makes, stage, but I mean, this is like if if you on oh, so look, not everything. Well, although most of these are on PC, um, but regardless, if you're a oh, they're all on PC. Mm. Um, if you're a Game Pass subscriber, this is like a big deal. Oh yeah, I think this huge. is like a. I mean, and it's a sign of things to come, right? Like we've known for years now that Game Pass is like Microsoft are banking on this big time to not only get people to subscribe to play other games, but it's a huge deal when it's like, oh, hey, the new Halo is coming out. You can get it for 10 bucks a month on Game Pass. You can buy it or you can pay the subscription to get it and mm-hmm. all these other games. And like, I mean, there are some heavy hitters here. So like, I can't say I've played, two, I've, I've played like Doom Eternal, the OG Doom, which isn't even here. Um, but like Prey, I know is like this underrated cult you would love everyone who's played it is like please play prey now you can it's on game pass Mm -hmm. you've said recently like you went back and you played dishonored 2 oh yeah again like this underrated game where interestingly enough like it reviews well but not a lot of people play them it's i think (laughs) it's such a describing arcane games now Uh, yeah (laughs) arcane just makes phenomenal games that people don't play my god where where do i find it but like all these this is a big game for bethesda as well i mean like Mm all these games of theirs are now going to get, you know, reach an even bigger audience. And the future of Bethesda, man, like Elder Scrolls 6, whenever that dis- decides to come out, um, what's the mm. other one? Star- Starfield? Starfield, yeah. Whenever that decides to come out, they're probably going to be day one mm-hmm. Game Pass games. And, and, and you know, like you know people, people can give shit to, to Microsoft about purchasing developers all they want. And yes, we absolutely do not want to be in a a situation where there's only two or three publishers who own everything. You know, mm. we sent, we don't want a situation where we find what is happening to the entertainment industry and Disney, essentially. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there's a few factors that you've got to remember here. Firstly, Bethesda was looking for a buyer. Um, mm. Microsoft didn't hunt them down. Um, no. And I think Microsoft was probably the best outcome that could have you know we could have envisioned because as we've seen with with studios like moyang and all the other um ones that they've purchased microsoft is kind of a very hands-off approach mm. they are letting bethesda just function as bethesda they are not changing yeah. anything about bethesda well which which brings me to, to my next question of uh, so look i know they own bethesda but in my head 
Bethesda Studios do not fall under the Xbox Game Studios banner. I don't know if that's true. So they will. It's, it's they definitely will. Will they? Okay. Yes, but but Bethesda as a brand is still going to exist. Yes, so. No, but that's, yeah, yeah, so that's what I mean. It's still like, it's Bethesda, still separately. Yes. You're not going to say like, oh, Elder Scrolls 6 was made by Xbox Game Studios. It's no, like, no, no, it's no, 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 no. No, it will be Bethesda game. Game Studios. Okay. Like, and I mean, mm. th- t- they've got so much autonomy that they are going to be hosting their own event during E3, you know, that is okay. separate so from Microsoft's still, events. So like, so it, yeah, it, okay. it gives them the sort of financial stability to continue doing what they do. And especially for developers like Arcane and Tango Gameworks who make really, really good games that often don't sell as well as they deserve to. You know, this yeah. gives them a platform to continue making those, mm. in my opinion, genre-defining titles, you know, without the risk of, Bethesda, you know, struggling financially to say we cannot make these projects anymore. So, yeah. you know, and then on top of it, you know, Sony tried to buy the rights to Starfield. So, I oh, did they? <laughs> yeah, there was a report that came out just oh my after God. Microsoft made uh, made the purchase of Bethesda that Sony was in discussions with Bethesda to obtain exclusivity rights to Starfield. Hmm. So, you know, you can bitch all you want about Microsoft buying exclusives. That is the game now. Sony understands that's the game now. They just yeah. they don't have the pockets that Microsoft does. But at the same yeah. time, Sony has fostered this amazing culture of their exclusives over time yeah. that you know they can lean on for it. I mean, it's it's driving them through this gen already, you know. So mm. it's interesting because like 7.5 billion dollars is a lot of money, no oh, doubt it's about a ton it. Of but money, yeah. it feels like it's Microsoft. It's like almost pocket change to them. And I feel mm. It's such a such a an interesting purchase, and I think good for both companies. Oh, like yeah. I think I've said, but there's still benefit, and I do think Microsoft will benefit. Hundred percent, yeah. Like Elder Scrolls itself is like this massive franchise mm. where Elder Scrolls Six, I think, is going to sell. It's going to. I mean, it, that is a Microsoft exclusive is going to be massive. Like yeah, I mean, and Elder Scrolls like Elder Scrolls Five came out a long time ago. It was a mm. PS3 game. Yeah, I think. it's crazy. It's been a long time since we've had that, and. You know, the meme is it's available on everything, including like your fridge and your printer. Um, <laughs> it's it's going to sell massively. And like even that itself is like, wow, like what a brand. Then you consider Doom and Fallout and mm-hmm. all these other big IPs. And then like you say, Arcane are really good at making these different out there games mm-hmm. that I think you, you never know what the next, I mean, apart from Deathloop, like what's what's happening next? You know, what is there? their next big IP going to be. You don't know. Like it's, I don't know. It's exciting for, for Xbox oh, yeah. I'm, fans and, I'm super excited. and PC to be honest. I like just, if you're on PC, you just, you get the best of both because exactly. now PlayStation's also bringing PlayStation <laughs> games to PC. So. I just, I, I find it yeah. funny that, you know, for years, I mean, throughout the Xbox One era, the argument is always Microsoft needs exclusives. Then Microsoft mm. makes this big acquisition that gives them exclusives and people go, no, but financially they have to put them on PlayStation. Like, the fuck do you want? Like, come on. It's Microsoft, for goodness like, sake. And yeah. also, like, you know, the argument has been they need exclusives. Now they get exclusives. Now it's suddenly like, no, they can't do that. I don't know. I think, I don't think this console was ever going to die because fanboys will keep it alive. Yeah. yeah. But I have to believe that at some stage that, that, that vocal minority matures and goes, you know what? I can just be happy playing my game on mm-hmm. the platform I want. Like, the outrage over days gone coming to pc and oh like, god it's so stupid why? man it's so dumb. why like look i get people enjoy the game i think it's a it's an okay game 
but you it's got a to very play it. okay game like you played it it's it's fun for other people to play exactly it too. Like, exactly you, like i don't know it's weird yeah anyways so that i think is the big news yeah i'm, I'm curious to see how it I, I mean they they said that more news on future games is uh, you know coming this summer which means e3 mm. time so oh boy. hopefully we'll get an update on starfield or Elder Scrolls. <laughs> uh, no, I think that's only coming after Starfield's finished. Hey, we got um, we got a JPEG like three years ago. Jesus, that's to give us something. It's the dumbest oh, thing. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, maybe it gives a hint as to, as to what they're working on or mm. uh, a Machine Games is working on Indiana Jones, that thing that they teased. So, oh, that too. Let me tell you, so it, yeah. it needs to bring back Quake. Can, can you believe that Shinji Mikami is now a Microsoft employee? It's wow. crazy. Absolutely it's, it's crazy. Insane. Give yeah. us, give us and Yeah, yeah. Just give us um, suburb, um, suburb misdeeds one. <laughs> wow. Suburb suburban mishaps. Yeah, what? suburban mishaps. Uh, it's not. It's not Spencer Mansion. It's oh, oh my god! It's full it's Spencer, Spencer Mansion. No. <laughs> It's Howard Mansion. Yeah, <laughs> it's Howard Mansion. God. Okay, what 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 news do you want to bounce to? Yeah. Mansion. Well, um, we spent some time on that. Uh, well, let's do these quick. Well, since we're on Xbox, let's just talk about this real quick. Uh, Hello Infinite got a like forty minute uh, developer diary where they were answering mm. questions from fans okay. and uh, just chatting about certain things. A lot of the video is them getting ideas from fans and then going, yeah, no, it's not happening. Um, <laughs> so That's nasty. That was a bit no. weird. But but there's some tidbits in here that are that are quite interesting, I think. So I don't know if this... this Some of these might only make sense to like long-standing Halo fans, but there's going to be no dual wielding in Halo Infinite, which is interesting <gasps> because oh, that's gosh. been a thing since like Halo 2. Um, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things I found super interesting was that the game isn't described... They don't describe it as open world. They almost... The way they talk about it, it makes me think of like wide linear. Like mm. you, so a lot of a lot of Halo's missions and the reason Halo is so revered is that it has these it's almost like these big sandbox, almost. yeah, missions. Yeah. Like in Halo One, which came out in like early two thousands, you had the Silent Cartographer, which was like this massive space that definitely mm. had a route it wanted you to follow, but you could go about it in any different way. And at the time, that mm. was just like incredible. So they yeah. say infinite is like that expanded. So there's definitely a linear mm. route that you follow and they are definitely locked in story beats. But how you get around there is really up to you. So yeah. that, that's interesting because to me, it gives the game a bit more structure. It's not, they're not making Far Cry Halo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So that's, I think that's cool. <laughs> Far Halo. Yeah, Far Halo. Uh, there's well, day, day night cycles that affect uh, when enemies appear and what enemies appear, which is okay. interesting. Um, equipment is playing a big role in this game. So you won't have like weapon upgrades, but you will be able to upgrade your equipment in different ways, which you know helps you get around or, or gives you different options in um, combat. Mm-hmm. And then what I think is the most interesting thing is the Halo, the actual ring, is a yes. 3D model. It's not a skybox. It's not just, you know, an image it's in the sky. Say, so yeah. like sort of like um Zelda, like if you see a thing on the horizon, it is you there. Can you can it. get there. 
But also, if you are good enough, you can kind of knock people off the ring, which is amazing, (laughs) which I think is fucking (laughs) hilarious. Um, So, yeah, but but it's cool because because it's 3D rendered, they say at certain times of the day, you know, the sun will eclipse the ring because it's actually moving (laughs) past a physical object as opposed Mm. to just a skybox. So that's pretty cool. Look, I'm interested to see how this game turns out because the the gameplay that was shown last year was like met with big criticism by a lot of people. Like visually it looked bad, but I thought the Mm. ideas that they showed off were pretty cool. Like I, you know, I'm a big Halo fan, so it looked, Mm. yeah, it looked like fucking Halo. So that's cool. Yeah. But every time they speak about this game and now, you know, the things that they are getting ready for launch, um, I'm getting more and more excited about it. I I definitely think the delay was worth it. Um, Mm. Because it seems like they had all these ideas that they wanted to put in, but the first impression was going to absolutely kill the game. And yeah. that would have been a shame. So I think there's a lot of um, stress to be part of this project. Sure. There's, a, there's so oh much goodness. riding it's, on this project. It's, um, it's Halo. It's like Xbox's poster game. Yeah. I can't imagine so, the amount of stress 343 is under right now. Um, but every yeah, like I said, every time they talk about it, it sounds like they are getting it right. So mm. I'm, I'm stoked. I mean, I'd... Don't think there's ever a problem with the game being delayed for, you know, to improve it. Yeah. So, you know, depends how much time you give them, but. (laughs) I'm just, I'm I'm super, I'm sure they are very um, nervous about the very first time they show off gameplay again. Because that's going to be a big thing. That's going to, yeah, it's going to be. And look, people will find faults. Of course. Always. But like that first gameplay review, I feel like universally i mean there were some people like oh it's fine but mm. a lot of people like that's that, not it, the it, Halo. their next gameplay reveal could go two ways it could go oh okay this is why it was delayed like huge or it could be like i don't <laughs> oh understand why it was delayed you back to I mean? the drawing no yeah i don't know i have to believe it's it's the former they, they're yeah, getting they it have nice, to really so. knock it out the park yeah. let's see um Shall we bounce to i suppose these two stories like you mentioned they tie in together so Tomb Raider Definitive Survivor Trilogy appears on the Microsoft Store. Um, so I think this was a leak or unintentional, a little anniversary package coming to celebrate the 25-year anniversary of Tomb Raider with the latest three games in one bundle, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty cool. I think I really like the the reboot franchise. I love Tomb Raider. I love Rise of the Tomb Raider. And I didn't talk about it, but I am playing through Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which is the weakest of the trilogy, but mm-hmm. it's still it's still fun. I'm having a mm-hmm. good time with it. Um, yeah, and if if you're a big fan or you've never played these games, it's I think it's a pretty solid trilogy. To I'd, I'd play Rise of the to. Tomb Raider again. Like if yeah, if it came Rise with of the like... Tomb Raider was real good. Even even Tomb Raider, just if you come come in knowing that like expecting Tomb Raiders from yesteryear, you you'll be blown away by. Uh, I always found it interesting that. Uncharted took inspiration from the OG Tomb Raiders, and then it feels like the modern Tomb Raiders took inspiration from Uncharted. Yes, because they definitely very similar. Yeah, they, they, they started creating like the little hubs and uh, yeah, yeah. I you know the the it's interesting to watch the progression of that series through the three games, and I I definitely agree mm. with you. I think Shadow is the weakest, even though it's the most it's samey. Like it's Holy pretty, shit. and I like the stealth, but I also just find mm. it very boring for large swaths of the game. Yeah, um, 
Something feels off. But yeah, I'll talk about it, that it's more so difficult to when... pin down. It it just doesn't feel right. Something just yeah. doesn't click correctly there. Uh, but yeah. I thought Rise was like incredible. I think Rise yeah. is like up there with even some of the highest highs of the Uncharted franchise. Mm. So if that yeah. comes, especially to like if that comes to PS5 and has some cool DualSense functionality, um, mm. I'm there. I'll I'll play that again. I'm there for bow action. Um, but so the reason I said this ties together is that Square Enix are having a digital showcase event mm. um, next week. And like it's confirmed that it'll show off the next Life is Strange, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah, but I'm like, people are Square super Enix. excited about it. Yeah. Where, where is Final Fantasy 16? Are we going to see that? Are we going to have this Tomb Raider trilogy officially confirmed? Mm. I don't know. Oh, listen, they, they basically laid out what they were showing off there. So... I think expecting big updates on Final Fantasy, especially like remake or something like that, um, or like a new Tomb Raider, I think is, you know, if they are saying this is what we're going to talk about, and you're going, okay, I got you, but what about this? Like you're just setting <laughs> yourself up for disappointment. No, look, no, I, I get, that. but I'm not even talking about remake. I'm like Final Fantasy 16. What's what's going on there? Yeah, um, hmm, yeah I, don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know. But yeah, that that's happening. So that's happening. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see. I'm also hoping that Square Enix has polished these showcases up because I think the last time they did one was E3 where they showed off like the same fucking Kingdom Hearts trailer for like that the fourth was, time, and then that without was a audio, smash. And, and then oh. and that Kingdom Hearts trailer, it it was missing. What is it? It was missing like music or something. or something. Yeah, and then they showed it off the Quiet Man, <laughs> which was a complete fucking mess. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So that that's happening. Is this this coming week? When is it? Yeah, I think it is this coming week. Uh, I do not see a date, but I do believe it is this coming week. So yeah. Also, so this coming that. week, oh, we March didn't, 18th, we didn't put go. it on so news, but it it happened yesterday. Um, Dying Light is getting a developer update on March seventeenth, which is like ah. the first time the game has been spoken about since its delay in January twenty twenty. So. I, I'm very keen for the game because I Same. enjoyed the shit out of Dying Light. Like, Same. I, I feel that game is severely underrated as well. Like, I think it reviewed well. It has its fan base, but I'm very keen. I mean, back then that was like Parkour Simulator with zombies and yeah. it was real good. It, it worked um, so well, yeah. It was so good. So I'm very keen to see, you know, what they do with the sequel. Um, yeah. Well, what should we fly through next? Uh, let's just quickly touch on this Roblox stuff. So... <laughs> Roblox is interesting because if you, I mean, I mean uh, if you have a kid, you probably know what Roblox is because this game is just huge amongst young audiences. But yeah. essentially, it's like Roblox isn't so much a game; it's more a platform for people to make games. Like no programming experience, no nothing. Think of like Mario Maker, but or, or Little Big Planet for that for that matter, but far more accessible. Mm. So it's on smartphones, it's on console. Well, I think it's on consoles. Um, um, I'm not sure, but yeah. But essentially, so if you're a creator, you create game experiences or assets, and then people can pay in-game currencies to play the things that you've made. Mm. Um, and it's been going on for years. Like People have made it's, money yeah, from Yeah, it's this been around thing. for a yeah. long time. I've read um, accounts of like teenagers who say, during high school, they were making games and it, they were earning like $50,000 a month from this thing. Um, Joel. <laughs> yeah. Like You're in the wrong field. You should yeah, make games in Roblox. Absurd amounts of money. Um, so it went public this week. Uh, the, the company went public. 
and they are now based on their current stock price valued at just over $38 billion, which, yeah. to give you perspective, makes them more valuable than EA, uh, almost <laughs> twice as valuable as Take-Two, and what? <laughs> almost four times as valuable as Ubisoft. It's that also just, it's also yeah. like 15 times more than what Microsoft paid for Minecraft. So, yeah, uh, Roblox, so huge. For five times more than what they paid for Bethesda. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's huge. Like Roblox, I mean, uh, they. I, I read a lot of their. Um, you know, they obviously have to provide documents when they they go public, uh, laying mm. out a lot of things. You know, for investor uh, investors, and there was pages and pages on on risk uh, management, and they were very. Uh, I'm sure, legally they have an obligation to be, but very upfront um, about. 2020 being a sort of anomaly year for the thing because of the pandemic and they don't expect mm. the growth to to be, to be that the same. yeah the same yeah. every year um and that you know they still don't you know they they make a net loss on a lot of these things so creators are still mm. getting money but the company itself needs to find different ways to generate yeah. generate revenue so i find, i find that interesting that like because surely the creators are taking a oh they're taking a percentage of what mm. the creators make. But it could be that the, it, the platform is still very expensive it's too, to, too to expensive develop. To run, yeah. yeah. So mm. but it's interesting. an interesting company that I think, you know, it flies under a lot of people's radar because we focus on the games that interest us. But, mm. you know, every time I read about this, whenever I go into the comments, it's always parents who are like, Oh yeah, my kid loves this. My kid loves this. And you know, I, it has like millions of players. Yeah. Literally. I mean millions. I if if you've never seen Roblox before, like you've said, people make games on this platform, and like I've seen tons of videos of people making uh, Call of Duty, for example, mm -hmm. in Roblox, where it's very much like the look. It looks like Lego. It's like a very Lego-ish aesthetic mm. um, to a degree, and yeah, yeah, look, it almost looks like many... off-brand Lego. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, mom, we want Lego at home. We already have Lego at yeah. home, and it's you've Roblox. got Mega Blocks, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that that's interesting it's like worth so much cash monies yeah um hmm should we fly Ru through the last two or three here yeah rust servers were destroyed in a huge blaze large amounts of game data lost yeah that uh, sucks man um these big is, it, i mean yeah. it wasn't just rust servers it was a whole stack of servers in europe that just yeah yeah, caught it, the the fire was like pretty fucking wild as well. So yeah, I feel bad for them because it, yeah. they basically couldn't recover any of their data. So a lot of EU players just got their shit wiped. Um, also, it's Rust. Your shit gets wiped all the time. Like the servers, yeah. the servers reset constantly. So yeah, yeah, it sucks for now. If you had a very cool uh, like house that you were like you know, built up near a beach and we're just killing new players out. Yeah. Listen, I still don't like yeah. Rust. I don't know if you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> Agile. Interesting. Yeah. It sucks um, for the developers either way. That's that's a, that's a shit yeah. thing to have to deal with. Yeah. And I think the last thing we'll touch on is Phasmophobia. Oh, I need to play this game with you. I would mm. love to play Phasmophobia with you. But the latest update stabilizes the game unless let's ghosts follow your voice. That's which very cool. It's kind of terrifying to imagine because the way the game works now. So I think the first time, the first few hours you play Phasmophobia, and even beyond that, like there are moments that will terrify you because it's like, oh my God, you know, there's a ghost that appears and it hunts you, and you obviously need to try 
you know, there are objectives to meet in order for you to get a payout. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are, I suppose, hiccups with the game in that you know that if a ghost starts to hunt you, you just go hide in a room, close the door, nothing's going to happen, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it seems like the developer is just obviously taking these things into account and constantly updating the game where so i know for example if i go into a building that the ghost sort of spawns over there and it's only ever going to be in that part of the building oh don't don't the ghosts move no no they do but it's like they'll they'll chase you but then they'll disappear and then they'll almost respawn in like the same area okay whereas it feels like now they there are changes being made that the ghost like sort of has a wider reign of the building uh, and okay, there are things like okay. it will follow your voice, which is terrifying because the true way to play Phasmophobia, you don't use Discord. You mute your Discord and you use in-game communication. So mm-hmm. there's proximity chats. So obviously when you're in the same room as someone, you can talk. Mm-hmm. But if they're on the other side of the house or the building, you have a walkie-talkie. So you are using in-game communication, which is terrifying to think that if I'm busy talking to someone on the other side of the building and the ghost is near me, it'll hear me and I'll come and find me, which was not a thing <laughs> previously. Okay. That's why um, I, yeah. I just, you know, from a from a gameplay perspective, that's amazing. But also for me, the tech perspective of that is fucking insane. Like I would love to know how that works. How it actually yeah. works. Look, the, the games, it's a good time. Even I'd say even if you're not a fan of horror games, I think the fact that you're playing with up to three friends, ghost hunting, it's like I've had some of the best laughs in this game. Like as terrifying as it can be, it's it's so much fun. Like I love playing Phasmophobia. So I'm glad it's it getting too, yeah. constant updates and it's updates that are obviously making the game better and, you know, more terrifying which is not a good good thing but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think that is that is all the news this week uh I don't know if yeah there's anything else to touch that's, on that's about it uh, oh wait wait no 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 this is a story that you you, you oh right yeah. yourself <laughs> yeah so if you uh there's a video maybe i'll put it in the show notes but there's a youtuber in the states who managed to build a scale replica of clouds buster sword um and as you all know, that sword is stupid because it just makes no oh. physical sense. Like it's so top heavy on one end and to try and pick it up on the other just seems impossible. Just crazy, yeah. So this YouTuber managed to, he bought um, a like an exoskeleton. It's an exoskeleton that's passively powered. So there's no motor in it and it's mainly used for camera operations. So if you're holding, you know, cameras uh, for, for shows for a long time, it just helps you make it feel light and he managed to pick up the sword using this thing and it's just it's a 12 minute video it's a real trip it's it's fun like it's just a fun video uh so yeah go go check out exos what youtuber bought an exoskeleton to wield a buster sword obviously he can't he he can't he can like pick up the sword but he can't do anything with it so clearly cloud is uh cloud has some muscles under those noodle arms you know (laughs) Um, but yeah, then I guess that is now news. We couldn't, I mean, couldn't leave that bit out. He just kind of <laughs> spins that sword after each battle. And, you know, his arms would be huge if he did that for real. So clearly, skinny clearly there's some smoke and mirrors here, you know. My goodness. He's channeling the soul of Zack. That's the only reason he's strong. <laughs> he's so strong. Um, but yeah, that is, that is now news. Um, I don't actually know if we got any questions this week did we get anything on email oh on email i'll double check but i know we got some on twitter did we get on twitter we got nothing my on goodness email. uh but if you want check. to send us a question on email you can email us checkpointchatpodcast at gmail.com you can also 
find us on social media at Checkpoint Chat on Twitter and Facebook. It's a Checkpoint Chat podcast on TikTok because someone was an asshole. Um, yeah, someone, someone, someone stole our name, which <sighs> it's so interesting because for the longest time I was like, I need to make a Checkpoint Chat account to you know this is really claim awful. the name, but I never really thought someone would actually go and claim Checkpoint Chat. Unbelievable. So. Even with our logo as well. Unbelievable. Badly cropped. Yeah. (laughs) Like that would make, that's what made me the most angry. Like at least. If you're going to steal from us, just do it right. God. (laughs) My goodness. Um, Yeah. But yeah. So do we have questions? Oh, we we do have questions. Um, Okay. We have three questions from Megs. Um, Okay. So question one, which is better? Pray 2006 or pray 2017? Did you play Pray 2006? I never 2006? played 20, 2006, no. So oh. I can't really tell you. Pray 2006, I played that. And that was that was a real good time. I, I enjoyed the show. I've heard it's a good game, game yeah. I, uh, think, com- I think they are very different games, though. Um, they're super different. I think yeah. they're only the same in the name, to be entirely honest. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the original Prey was like you were a You're bounty Native hunter, American you? called... Tommy, I think, in like Aliens Invade Earth. And I wonder, Pray for Me was interesting. So Portal came later, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Portal was 2007. So Pray then really was messing around with like Portal technology <gasps> where now you could like run through Portal and appear. Yeah, there were like weird gravity flipping Portal things happening in that game. And yep. it was a really good shooter like way back when. So uh, I haven't played Prey 2017 and you haven't played Prey 2006. So I guess we'll just settle for they both good games <laughs> in their own right. I, every now and then I, I watch a video about the, the sequel to Prey that was cancelled um, and the ideas they had for the game sound fucking cool. But again, like Prey from Arcane is more an Arcane game than anything else. It is a immersive sim. Um, yeah. It is not a... You know, it's first person and they're shooting, but it's definitely, it's dishonored in space, yo. Like, that's what it is. <laughs> I mean, it feels like Arcane are good at making games that are almost like semi-sandboxes mm. for players to yeah, experiment yeah. in. And Deathloop looks very much oh, the same. I cannot so. wait for it. You know, you know what interests me so much about Deathloop is that it is the first game that they identify themselves as a first-person shooter. So mm-hmm. there is a lot of actual shooting in there. There will definitely be nice. stealth and whatever, but I feel like Deathloop is the first game where it's encouraging me 100%. They're leaning into that. Yeah, it almost, it almost gives action. me um, like a Bulletstorm vibes and yeah. it wants you to be creative with the tools they give you. Definitely. So yeah, I'm very yeah. excited for that. Super, super excited um, A while back, you guys mentioned PS5 and Xbox Series X having fast load times with no opening credits. Uh, sort of. Well, Spider-Man kind of does that. It had no opening credits. Sort of. It has... Okay, well, uh, it's still a bit of a crapshoot. Um, sometimes it shows you the, like, Marvel uh, and You're Sony talking about when you, when you start yeah. the game. But, like, most of the time, if you start up the game from a cold boot, obviously, if you're running it from mm. suspend, it just loads. Um, mm. But from a cold boot, it's like, I think, what 14 seconds from your playstation menu to in the game it's like ridiculous yeah. it's so, so fast yeah um could this bring in the age of in-game advertising of the systems used such as speed tree labeled bush muse soda can etc i don't know i think 
I think games already do have some form of in-game advertising. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, it's interesting because now that we have fast load times, it's almost like, and again, it's it's this is us just being like hashtag first world problem of I can't believe I have to wait ten seconds for all these all these studios to slap their you know their logos mm. and things in front of me. Can't can I just get into the game? Like, I do wonder at what stage. Does that get taken out? Does it ever get taken I, out? That's or? the thing. Yeah. Does it ever get taken out? I, I've i always assumed that, you know, there, I mean, there are licensing deals that happen. Like if you use Unreal Engine, you have to make it you clear that you're using it. Unreal Engine. You so, too, yeah. And I don't think you can just, as easy, you know, go to Epic and be like, we're not showing this because it reduces our load times. <laughs> like they'll be like, okay, well then People don't use People hate waiting five seconds yeah. every time they boot up the game. So I, so. yeah, I've always, that you know, from the day that they said, oh, there'll be no load times. I'm always like, of course there will be. There, there has it's to be. something. Like, yeah. you know, maybe but once I, you're in the game, your load times will be next to nothing. But, and I feel even, even now, you know, Sony, Sony and Microsoft to that, for that matter, make such made such a big deal of like learning screens are done. There isn't a single game where that's true yet. Like yeah, like even look, your your exclusives don't do that. They'll never the low, go away. They'll just no. Be the load times are the load times are fast, but they they oh they're fucking fast. Like yeah, Demon Souls is like fast. two to three seconds. It's Instant. ridiculous, <laughs> and it seems like magic, but it's still there. Yeah, like it's still there. Yeah. yeah. Um, sure. And then last question. Why are some people freaking out over Microsoft buying Zenimax, but no thoughts given to Sega buying Atlas many years ago? Because Atlas think, is one studio. Yeah, it's one studio and like no offense to Sega. Sega are not nearly as big. Microsoft was like, going to buy Sega almost. So like. Yeah, I mean, there, there were hard rumors that... I mean, this is, this is like a wild thing. Before this Series X came out, there were rumors that... Microsoft were going to buy Sega and then launch the Xbox Series X in Japan as, as a, a Sega-branded Sega yeah. device, which is like, damn. But I that, what that, that just shows like. you the different scale of these deals. Like Sega as a yeah. publisher buying a developer, is you know, teeny. especially years ago where Atlas doesn't have the same, especially in the West, like brand recognition that it does. People know mm. Atlas now because of Persona and, you know, mm. tangentially Catherine. But if you took even me, uh, back to 2013, I wouldn't know who the fuck Atlas was. Like, I didn't know what Persona I, was. So, and not only that, like, I think Persona as a brand is definitely a lot bigger today, but it's still somewhat of a niche thing. Oh, still, not yeah. everyone's yeah. gonna play a full-on JRPG. And Persona Strikers is like a Muso game, which mm. again, very niche sort of genre that not everyone plays. Mm. I so, mean, I mean, you just have to walk up to someone randomly and say, you know. Do you know Persona or do you know Doom? Or do you know Persona or do yeah, you know Skyrim? It's, it's different. And it's very easy, you know, nine times out of ten, you're going to get the Bethesda property. So, yeah. I mean, that's why it's a big deal. The fact that it's not one studio, it's eight. And it's like some of the most recognizable IP in gaming history that Microsoft has yeah. taken up. Um, I mean, Doom that's why is like, a much bigger deal. Yeah. Doom itself is synonymous with like the earliest days of yeah shooters. Of, so it is you know doom and wolfenstein are the first person and wolfenstein shooters. yeah true yeah like and and again the the absurdity that microsoft owns doom i mean do yourself a favor and go read up on the fights between john carmack and id and microsoft back when doom was being released as shareware like the fact mm. that microsoft owns that property now is just such a mind-blowing thing um yeah it's crazy yeah but it but yeah it, it. It, it's just they're, they're on they're on completely different sides of the scale in terms of impact to the industry. Like mm. Sega buying Atlas 
doesn't really impact the industry at all. It just means that no. Atlas has a publisher. You know, this completely changes the landscape of the next five yeah. to ten years of games. So, yeah. So, yeah. And that is that is all the questions we have. Thank you for the questions. If you want to send us questions, uh, you can also get us on social media at Checkpoint Chat on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. You can email us checkpointchatpodcast at gmail.com and Checkpoint Chat Podcast on TikTok. Send us, well, Maddie put up a good TikTok. <laughs> about I made Jerry. a TikTok. I, I can't tell you how often I'm going to upload there, but any any wild idea, you best believe. Yeah, TikTok's you can't put your cats on there. You know, that's your personal no, TikTok content. <laughs> Yeah, we have a TikTok. If you have TikTok, go give us some love. Mm. Um, appreciate it. And that's episode 136 of the podcast. Done and dusted. Um, as always, if you listen, thank you so much. We mm-hmm. highly appreciate it. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe if you haven't. It would seriously help us. Um, hit the little, hit the turn the little bell on so you know when the next episode comes out. As long, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's not it's even just new Mondays. episodes. It's the, oh, yeah, there's the these little other cutouts that you that you take out from each episode, and and soon, yeah. you know, more streams, more more actual gameplay stuff from mm. from games. So, yeah. yeah, I think I think when we get into because like we still really are in almost like dry season where hey, there's some releases here and there, but when we start getting to like the heavy hitting titles like i know i would be very keen to do like a friday evening stream of mm. the first hour for example mm. so you can definitely expect more or something stuff, similar so. to what we did with the ps5 launch just some yeah just um talking over gameplay yeah. that sort of thing yeah but you know yeah we've got jobs so we do what we can but we can. at the same time we appreciate all of your support so thank you so much for listening mm-hmm. and yeah. we will be back here same time same place next week See you then. That's it. Bye. Bye.